this week's 15th episode yes episode 15 of the sees us show yet again another milestone once again i would just like to say welcome back to everyone that's been following me from the beginning and welcome back to the new subscribers actually a warm welcome to the new subscribers before we get into today's topics i just want to recap you guys on episode 14 on episode 14, I had two co-owners, Jay Roth and Jay Smooth, who are part of Beyond Nightlife, a brand that specializes in selling vintage apparel. They stopped by to tell us what their brand was about and their impressions on the first two games of the NBA Finals. So for this week's episode, we have my cousin Zach Sharp, who is from New York City. He's going to be a live call-in, and we're just going to talk some basketball, you know, finals recap, free agency moves. And the draft. So, without any further any further ado, let's let's get Zach Sharp online. Testing, testing. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. What's up, man? How you doing? Chilling, chilling. I mean, I'm trying to avoid the 90 degree weather out here, but other than that, I'm good. <laughs> How's New York, by the way? I mean, New York and New York. I mean, it goes to sleep at like five in the morning, but I mean, I feel like I'm built for it. It's my lifestyle, so I like it. All right, cool, 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 man. So, so what are you doing there right now? Practicing law, you know, doing a bunch of. I mean, I've been doing a bunch of crazy cases lately with people who've been injured, and all sorts of other stuff that I'm not supposed to talk about because you get in trouble with clients for that. But it's it's been exciting, man. But at the same time, it's tiring. But I, I like I said, it's the life you choose, so you deal with it. But I think uh, I think I'm gonna stick around here for a while. I like it. Yeah, as long as you like it, I love it. So that's great. And last question before we get into the topics of the day. Will you be at our cousin Rashonda's wedding? I mean, of course I'm going to be at the wedding late. Everyone's getting at me because I wasn't at the, the last event, but <laughs> the, the, I had just started work. Like, I can't show up and be like, by the way, can I go on vacation? I've been here two weeks. Yeah. Like, that wasn't going to happen. But no, I'll definitely be at the wedding. I'll be lit like I usually am at these events. <laughs> I know you'll be right there with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, with further ado, let's get into today's hot topics. First off, Zach, what are your thoughts on your impressions of this year's NBA Finals Cavs versus Warriors? I think there's a lot of ways to look at it. There's the basketball standpoint where I think besides, you know, like the earlier blowouts, where like Cleveland was basically letting Kevin Durant just drive down the lane uncontested and duck. I thought there was some good basketball being played, like the degree of difficulty in the shots Kyrie was hitting, the way Katie played, the way Clay eventually came alive. Steph Curry had a great series. I, I thought it was I thought it was good basketball. I just think the series would have gone longer if Cleveland played up to their potential. Um, but but at the same time. Even if Cleveland did play up to the potential, I, I don't think there was any way they were going to be Golden State. There were too many matchups, too many matchup disadvantages, too much firepower. And I think that's where it hurts the NBA. Like a five-game series, a team winning 
basically every single game. I think going into the finals, the average margin of victory was around 15 points or something like that. And they go, what did they go, 15-1, 16-1, I'm forgetting? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, 16-1. Yeah, I mean, that's not really good for the NBA product. I mean, I think as you can see, salary cap isn't going to be as high as they thought because they didn't make as much money because Cavs and the Warriors were sweeping through the playoffs. So Silver can front all he wants and say, hey, I think it's good, it's good basketball and these things sort themselves out. But the numbers don't lie. Like financially, it, it wasn't good for the league. Definitely, I agree. I agree. I just don't. I didn't, I didn't like Cleveland's bench, man. I think that's what it, honestly what it came down to. Their bench was terrible. What were your comments on that? Yeah, it was interesting because coming into the series, people thought that Cleveland had more depth than Golden State. Like they had to give away a lot in order to sign Kevin Durant. They didn't have some of the guys they had last year, and even during the season, people were saying they looked like they played better last year but at the end of the day it shows you the value of star power right kevin yeah. durant more than compensated for all all what they lost last year and honestly i think without them they probably lose this series but as far as their cast bench goes i think the problem is they have a lot of one-way players guys who are great at defense but horrible at offense guys who can shoot but they can't guard anything mm-hmm. and and I, I think that's really their problem and they only show up at home yeah darren williams Watch. They were saying that Darren Williams is better than Chris Paul, and I actually believed that for a little bit, but he digressed a lot. I don't know if it's because of the ankle injuries. Then you got Kyle Corver, like you said, one way player, can only shoot. He just doesn't have that clutch factor with me, man. I don't think he's I don't think he's built for the limelight. He wasn't right. Chan- yeah. And Channing Fry, Channing, Channing Fry, he's my fault. Channing Fry, he's he's he didn't really get not, minutes though. Yeah, but I guess they figured they couldn't play him. Like, who was he going to guard? Yeah, once they put KD at the five, they had to take <laughs> Channing Fry out the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like and, and like with um, Darren Williams, like I never believed him just because like I was up here in law school when he was on the Nets, mm-hmm. and I remember Paul Pierce calling out his heart like. Saying that he wasn't he wasn't built for it, like he wasn't a big game player, and he tried to like defend himself, but it just wasn't believable. Like you could tell he was soft. Yeah. He, he was talking about the sounds in New York being too much for him and the lights and all the other stuff, and I was like, come on, man. Yeah. You can't pay twenty five million, like man up. Yeah, man, it's crazy because game five, Warriors had forty one bench point bench points. No one saw that coming. And Cavs only had seven, dog. It, it was insane. Like it was, it was crazy to watch because people thought that was going to be the advantage. But what happens is, when you add Kevin Durant, like the Warriors were smart. They made it so they had at least two of Curry, Durant, or Thompson on the court at all times. Yeah. Or Draymond. So even when they had their bench in there, they had like two superstars with them. The Cavs' problem is like when you put LeBron on the bench, they don't really have any other playmakers. Like I love Kyrie, but Kyrie is just ISO player, yeah. single-minded. So like they need a second playmaker, and they thought Darren Williams was going to be that, but he's washed. yeah definitely i I never i never thought that jr smith would outplay kevin love did he did i feel like kevin love performed well game five game five yeah yeah definitely i feel like kevin love had that one bad game early but otherwise i mean i felt like he basically neutralized raymond green on the boards um and 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 he hit and he hit a lot of open shots i don't know what he averaged in the season around 19 i don't know isn't that his regular season average I think he averaged 16 and 11, but he shot 38% from the field. Did he re- wow, I didn't realize it was that bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. See, the thing about a player like Kevin Love, like when you come in, you're the third option on a team like the Cavs, what you're able to do offensively becomes limited. He became basically just a spot of three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. He didn't get to operate the way he used to. So, like, it was crazy to hear Tyron Lue say this at the beginning of the series. I never heard a coach say this, but, like, after game one, he's like, the Warriors have a better offensive system than we do. I've yeah. never heard a coach say that. Damn. And But it's true. Like, Kevin Love, Kyrie, and LeBron, they got to find a way so they can all click at the same time. There's talent there. They just – it almost seems like I'm going to take my turn going off. Now you're going to take your turn going off. Like, it's never – all at once with the Warriors it's like everyone is constantly a threat mm. I think Kobe had a great video breaking it down okay now that being said some people were on Twitter the other day saying that they thought that LeBron's ability to make teams teammates better was a little overrated overrated I mean overrated <laughs> overrated overrated <laughs> <laughs> it was a little overrated do you feel that way because I feel like he forces most people around him to be a spot-up shooter. That, that's very... I mean, there's a lot of merit to that. It, it's weird, because on one hand, he's going to get you a high percentage shot if you play with him, right? Mm-hmm. But but that high percentage shot might not be the shots you're used to taking or the shots that you want to take. Yeah. I, I remember when the Heat first started, like, when you had Dwayne Wade and LeBron, basically they were taking turns of who was going to go off. And it, it was weird. It was weird because, like, when Dwayne Wade had his turn, where he was going to control the offense, hold the ball, LeBron would kind of just stand in the corner. He wasn't effective. Eventually, what happened was Dwayne Wade said, "Because LeBron's LeBron, I'm going to let him be the main guy and control the offense." And he, Dwayne Wade, basically became like the best off-ball guard in the league, yeah. cutting and whatnot. But most people aren't as talented as Dwayne Wade to adjust his whole game mm-hmm. to maximize for the entire team. So it is. It's, there's some merit to that, like. LeBron will get you great shots, and if you're a three-point shooter, you're a 3-and-D guy, it's great. But if you're someone who's versatile, you're a combo guard, or you have other ways of playing, like, it doesn't really work because LeBron's only really good one way. Yeah. And that's being ball dominant. So it, it, it's hard It's hard to... I, but at the same time, it's really hard to say a guy who once took that awful cast team to the finals. Like, remember that year they beat the Pistons? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say that guy doesn't make plays around it better because that team had no business being in the final. But then, you, but then you watch them play and you're like, yeah, this guy, I watched him play. Well, well the guy who used to play with Gilbert Arenas and the Wizards, like um, Larry Hughes, you watched him. Oh, yeah. He was averaging like 20 playing with Gilbert Arenas. And then you watched him play with LeBron. He was nothing but a spot of three-point shooter. So it's like, I don't know, it's, it's hard. It's like contradicting things. He gets you far, but you're not the same player. It's weird. Do you think that they should have traded for Carmelo Anthony midseason when they were talking about that whole trade buzz? Um, Melo's a guy who, I mean, Melo Mel, Mel can play off ball. He did that really well with the um, with the Nuggets when they had Chauncey Bills. He was very effective that way. And plus, Melo Melo demands a certain amount of respect. Like he can he can look at LeBron and go, "Yo, give me the ball." Yeah. In a, in a way that Kevin Love can't. But at the same time. Is Melo going to be a better rebounder than Kevin Love? Is he going to make you better defensively? Like, I don't, I don't know. Is he a better fit for that team than Kevin Love? Hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know that Melo helps you beat the Warriors. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure he does. Like, so, hmm. so what, what would be, what would be the ideal lineup if you had Melo? So you put Kyrie at point. Um, who, who's going to start at the two? Ah. Uh. Swish. Okay. And then LeBron's at the three, Melo's at the four, and you put Tristan Thompson at the five? 
Yeah, I put Melo at the four just like how he was on Team USA. But see, my, my, my thing with that is like Kevin Love isn't a great defender, but he became better at it, he's a better help defender. Mm-hmm. Melo is a horrible help defender. He's decent on man, but he's a horrible help defender. Do you really want people to put Melo and Kyrie in a pick and roll? I don't know. And at the same time, it's like, is he that bad or is it the fact that he's in New York, he doesn't care anymore? I mean, he wasn't playing help defense in Denver either. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Melo played like dudes at the court. Was like, get your man. Like, that's not my responsibility. Like, yeah. that's your man. Like, why am I rotating? Like, handle yeah. that. <laughs> that's how he kind of plays. Like, I guess on Team USA, there's a certain, I guess there's a certain mentality where everyone kind of buys in and, and he's better at it on that team. But, and maybe with LeBron all the lights on, maybe he would change, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Melo puts you over. It, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say, definitely. With that being said... And I definitely think the Spurs would have beaten them. <laughs> but I think the Spurs would have beaten them. Let's say if the Spurs would have beaten the Warriors and they had Melo at the four instead of Love, I think the Spurs beat them. Yeah, definitely. I'm still mad about the whole Kawhi going down because I, I feel like we, we could have legit beat the Warriors. I mean, I mean, I feel like I feel like if, I feel like the Warriors still would have beat you guys in six. At the end of the day, I just don't believe in Lamarcus Aldridge. He was having like the game of his life. Like I just don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Like Kawhi, Kawhi, that dude, and he like he's one of those players who probably win you one game by himself. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna go to at least six. But at the end of the day, I just feel like the Warriors. I feel like they're too versatile. They had too much firepower. Like I know the Spurs had size, but mm-hmm. how? You're putting a lot of faith in an old Paul Gasol and LaMarcus all just perform at a high level. And I'm not sure over seven-game series they, they could do it. Yeah, I just felt like with our wing defenders and Kawhi, Danny Green, and Jonathan Simmons, I thought we could be able to play better defense than the Cavs. And I felt like True. Kawhi would have made it easier for LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, I mean, I can see like Spurs definitely competitive with them. They were all throughout the season. But, but ultimately, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't trust in the players around Kawhi performing at a high level because they were playing up to his level in that first game. Yeah. I don't know if they would do that for a seven-game series. Because I felt but like they, they would did. win game one. They were still game one, definitely. Probably lost game two. And then who knows, game three and four. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know what's crazy about the Warriors? People are saying that Zach Randolph might join them as a free agent. But that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. I also heard Vince Carter. Does Vince have anything left? What do you say? Does Vince have anything left? Uh, yeah, he played pretty good against uh, the Spurs in the first round. That's fair. That's fair. And I mean, in a limited role, I could see it. That would yeah. be a pretty good bench. Like Zach Randolph, um, Vince, Iggy. I'm assuming they're going to re-sign Iggy. They got to re-sign Iggy. Well, that because I, I was going into that, but basically, they were saying that the salary cap was supposed to be projected to be 108 million, right? But it got reduced to 99 million. So, do you think the Warriors are still going to be able to keep Iggy and Livingston? Mind you, that Katie's only taking a four million dollar pay cut. Um, I mean. The NBA, the NBA still doesn't have a hard cap, so maybe they go over the salary cap. Maybe they're willing to do it. Maybe they're willing to take the cap penalty. And and and, and I don't and I don't know if you would like talk to 
the league about given the fact that these projections were so far off, maybe there might be leniency with the cap penalties, a one-time leniency thing. Like, I'm not sure, but that was something I would try to negotiate because we made our plans given the projections you gave us and the projections were completely off. So I feel like there should be leniency like that. Why were the projections so off? Because the NBA made less money because of all those sweeps. So they didn't so they didn't make enough money from attendance and people going to games because everybody was getting swept by the Warriors and the Cats. Mm-hmm. So they lost money that way and then So it hurt it hurt their overall revenue and the rating and things of that nature. So basically the Cavs and Warriors being dominant are the reason this happened. Okay. <laughs> Pretty Makes much sense. short story. Short story. Short version. Alright, my next question is for you. Has Curry redeemed himself and what does this ring mean for KD? Steph Curry had had a reputation of never performing in like the big games in the finals. Like he wasn't good in any of the first two finals. Like the Deladova one might have been worse than the second one just because there was no excuse for Deladova to lock you up when you're MVP. <laughs> but I, I think he did. I feel like if there was no Kevin Durant, like Steph Curry very easily could have won that MVP. Is is just the fact that like uh, Kevin Durant hit that game winning shot and he was going shot for shot with LeBron. He played very good defense on LeBron. I I think. Mm-hmm. It, he just looked like he was the best player in the court and he was the difference maker yeah um but Steph Curry played very 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 well like didn't he very nearly almost average a triple double himself yeah Steph averaged 27 8 and 9 and two steals yeah he he, he played very very well um so I as far as the Steph Curry can't perform in the big games I think that's gone however with Kevin Durant coming to the team, and I said this when he got traded, I was like, people keep talking about Kevin Durant's going to have to fit in. I'm like, yo, when the big games happen in the big moments, the best players always come to the light. And it was very clear that he was the best player on the team. And so it's not going to be said because they all buy in and they believe in their team after they truly do. But when it comes down to it, it's Kevin Durant's team. Like they were in that last game, you thought, who are they looking for to give the ball to? Mm-hmm. It's Kevin Durant because he's the one guy who can get a shot no matter what you do. Yeah. So... As far as Steph Curry, he's still going to go down as the great. I think he's better than Steve Nash. Yeah, you know, Steve Nash won two MVP. I think he's better than him. And I think he's very high on that all-time point guard list already. Like, I'd put him past Nash and Kevin Johnson. Um, I, I'd probably put him past Stockton, but some old heads would be mad at that. Um, I, think, I think he's definitely a better offensive player than Gary Payne. So we're looking at all-time greatest point guards. He's high on that list. But as far as how high he could have been overall, I think having Kevin Durant takes away from that a little bit. But, oh, yeah. KD definitely made it super easy for Curry to thrive. Right, yeah. Like, he didn't have to take the big shots in this series. Like, Kevin Durant did. Like, Steph Curry hit that three in, in like, game five after, like, Kevin Durant already put the game away. Yeah, oh, over Kyrie, right? Yeah, and he was, like, dancing. I'm like, yo, the game's over. That's not a dagger. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, my next question is, are the Warriors looking like a dynasty to you? It's, it's crazy in sports because a lot of times things happen. You're like, this is a dynasty and one injury can change everything. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when the Patriots went 18-0 and then they randomly lost to the Giants and people were like, don't worry, they're going to get that right back. <laughs> and then Brady gets injured in the first game. <laughs> and, and then it sets up everything. And then the next year they come back and like Gronk is always hurt and then Hernandez goes to jail and it takes them a minute to finally win that Super Bowl again. Like, crazy things happen in sports. Mm-hmm. So... I, I, I mean, even the, C, the Seattle Seahawks, people thought they were dynasty. People thought they were going to win back-to-back. 
And then they let that Patriots comeback happen, and now they're always beefing, they're always in disarray. So it, it's hard to say. The Packers, who Aaron Rodgers, people thought they were going to be a dynasty. Like, sports is hard to predict. I will say in basketball, it's easier because there's less players to manage and superstars to make such a difference. Yeah. Um, on paper, they probably they probably should be a dynasty as long as they're able to develop that bench and young players well. There's no reason they shouldn't because they're all under 30 right now. But okay. crazy things happen in sports. People can get hurt. Like, like I remember people saying, yo, Katie should have come back to the Thunder and they could have gotten that back. But Katie got, got hurt this year. Like, he, like him or Russell had always been hurt every year after that final. He got hurt this year. Right? That was part of the reason they never made it back to the final. They kept getting hurt. Plus, they got rid of Harden. So, like, if he got hurt and he was on, like, the Thunder this year, they're probably like an eight seed and they're getting knocked out. And then all that talk about he should have never come to Warriors, he still could have won. It looks completely different. Yeah. So by coming to the Warriors, he put himself in a position where even if he gets hurt, they're so good that when he comes back, they're still championship ready. That's crazy. That's basically what happened. Like, if you're on the Thunder, <laughs> that, that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. He comes back and he's still the one seed. Mm-hmm. Next, I don't know. Next, I'm sorry, but go ahead. Yeah, next question for you. Um... What will the Cavs have to do to compete with them? Because Paul George is out of the question and Jimmy Butler's out of the question. Yeah, I mean, I'm not hate. I'm never one to hate on another man, buddy. But some of those contracts are looking crazy right now for the Cavs. Like, like I know, like LeBron's team, they managed Tristan Thompson and they got their agent. I mean, they got their um, their guy that they manage money and it, and it helps their agency and their brand and all that stuff. But like that Tristan Thompson contract went kind of crazy in hindsight. Like all of a sudden, like you can't really find another player. That doesn't look all that great in hindsight. Um I don't know, it it just it just looks bad. You you know you know what happened? You know you know you know you know what really hurt not just the cab but every team in the NBA? The the player the players chose the wrong option with the with the new CBA. So like they had options. It was like either going forward, people could get these big contracts and these big deals and all this money. And teams have to spend at a certain minimum level so they can't just BS and hold their money. Or the current players who are on the t- rosters right now, they just get a raise. And so they all get paid more money. So it would have been like LeBron's making 20 now. Now he's about to make 30, 33. Like they could have done that. They chose not to do that. They did it going forward so guys can do a bigger deal. And I'm not sure why. But because of that, teams have a lot of really bad contracts on their hands. Yeah. So if they would have just increased the money that guys were making, that Tristan Thompson deal doesn't happen. But all of a sudden, with his new salary cap that was coming up, like his deal looked like it made sense at the time. Mm-hmm. But now, you have no cap flexibility. So if you're the Cavs, I don't, I don't really know what you can. You don't really have much tradable assets. See, that's part of the problem with playing with LeBron and being the third option with Kevin Love. He doesn't get to shine the way he used to. So people <laughs> think he's falling off, so he's not as much of a trade asset anymore. If he still looked like Minnesota Kevin Love, then you can do something with that. But he doesn't look like Minnesota Kevin Love. He doesn't get to do that being the third option on that team. Mm. I, I don't know what they can do. They're up against the cap. Um, they got a lot of big-time contracts on their hands. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what they can do. If, if anything, it looks like they're still going to be able to win the East every year with that roster. For like, at least the next two seasons. And so when they get to the finals against the Warriors, like, I don't know. I just feel like that bench... They got to figure out that bench. The bench, the bench has got to show up. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. They just have to play better. I, I don't see what they can do. I don't see the move they can make. Definitely. How do you feel about Chauncey Billups possibly being the new GM? 
I don't. I'm not sure why the. Do you remember why the, the current GM or like the last GM got fired? Basically, they had the owner and the GM had two different visions. So he was like, "You're not. I'm not. Me- I'm not messing with what you want to do." I don't know exactly what his vision was, but he was like, "All right, I'm about to rock." That's 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 wait. So did the owner dismiss him, or did the guy leave voluntarily? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, it, it, it was just seems strange to me because it seemed like the GM was like a LeBron guy. LeBron seemed like he liked the gym, like they had a rapport. So I, I was interested in how that went down. But even, even though most people feel that LeBron is kind of the co-GM anyway, like <laughs> somebody's moves, some, somebody's moves are basically LeBron's fault when he was like, yeah, we need more shoes, we need more this, we need more that. You end up with the Kyle Corvers of the world. And then now your salary cap is bad. Like, um, it, it reminds me a little bit of Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan originally wanted to betray Scottie Pippen. Like, he didn't think Pippen was going to be that good. It shows you a lot of times players don't know what they're talking about. Like, Kobe wanted Biden traded. A lot of times players are just not, they're not good GMs. Like, they just can't see it. But um, I, I think Chauncey Bills is a stand-up dude. He knows basketball. He's well-respected in the league. He'd be a player's GM. But he's also, he's also a throwback in the sense that he's not one of these guys who is, like, all about stats and analytics and all this other stuff. Like, there's been this whole influx of guys who know nothing about basketball. But they know a bunch of stats. So they're like, yeah, based on this efficiency rate, we're going to put this together. The team's going to be efficient. And, and you see teams like the Memphis Bridge with John Hollinger. Like, he knows nothing about basketball. He was once asked, and he was like, yeah, I watched two to three games a year. Mm-hmm. But he's a GM now just because he came up with, like, the efficiency stat, like the per stat. So if you look at Memphis, they haven't improved under this guy at all. He's supposed to be the stat genius. It didn't work. Like, um, the Rockets, it didn't really work until... They got Mike D'Antoni, and all of a sudden, that GM was like a genius with all his stats and whatnot. But it didn't look like that until you got D'Antoni, who's still a basketball guy. Yeah. So, Chauncey Bills is a basketball guy. He understands that you use stats to as a tool to help inform, but you don't make decisions based on that alone. You got to know player chemistry. You got to know systems and, and different things of that nature. So, I think, I think he'd be a good fit, but at the, at, the, at the end of the day, they didn't give him much to work with. What moves can he make? Hands are tied. Yeah, and then they said, if LeBron leaves, if LeBron, if LeBron leaves, sorry, rumor has it that Kyrie would want to demand a trade. Do you think that would work, or if he had to stay, do you think you can build around Kyrie Irving? There is no evidence that you can build a championship team around Kyrie Irving. <laughs> None whatsoever. Like the Cavs were horrible when Kyrie Irving was their main guy because he. Like, I, I used to say this whole stat about making other players better was overstated, but, like, he's the definition of a guy who doesn't make anyone around him better. Mm. Like, he just gets his buckets, and you kind of just watch him do it, and you marvel at it, but it's not like he's engaging you in the game and getting other guys their touches or whatnot. He's kind of like, I'm going to get mine, you get yours, and we're good. Yeah. So, if, Ky- if, if LeBron was to leave, I'm sure Kyrie would leave, because, number one, he'd have to live in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to live in Cleveland. Like, he wouldn't be living in Cleveland if they weren't winning. But number two, he'd get exposed. Like, all that talk about, like, and I think we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but that talk about him being better than Allen Iverson, I think that Kevin Durant oh, yeah, brought that was, up. That's going to be the next topic. You can talk about that right after, too. Yeah, like, I mean, Allen Iverson went to the finals with Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, and, like, the Kevin Matumbo, some other dudes. And I say some other dudes because I don't remember their name. Oh, you know, I remember Tyrone <laughs> Hill. I remember Tyrone Hill because people used to make fun of him to be an ugly like... <laughs> that was about it. Like Kyrie, there's no evidence that Kyrie can do something like that. So if LeBron leaves, 
I feel like Kyrie would demand a trade, and I feel like if you're the Cavs, you got to trade him while his value's hot. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, and people watch him play the season out, you see that he's just a scorer and does nothing else. Yeah. Which is surprising to me. I feel like there's always interesting to me that guys with those type of handles who can get to wherever they want on the court don't become better playmakers for other people. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like he should take that next leap in being a playmaker. Yeah, and, and it, it just seems like his offense every year he gets a little more fine, but as a playmaker, it doesn't seem like he's improved since like his second year in the league at all. Mm. And, and, this, and that's why the Heat were more lethal than his Cavs team in a lot of ways because Wayne Wade was a playmaker, so when LeBron needed a rest, Wayne Wade was basically a, a shorter version of LeBron. He was doing the same things. Yeah. And, Ky- and Kyrie can't do that. That's why they struggle when LeBron's off the court because Kyrie's going to get his buckets, but he doesn't keep everyone else engaged. You think he's going to learn that eventually? Kyrie's what, 24? 25? 24 or 25, one of those. It's, it's, not, it's not too late, but some, but some players, at a certain point, they are who they are. I feel like if you don't adjust your game by like your sixth, seventh year in the league, then you are who you are. Very rarely do players change like the core of who they are as a player as they get older. Like LeBron's added the three-point shot. He's tried to add a little bit of the post game, but at his core, attacking the basket is still what he does better than anything else and creating yeah. people. Like guys rarely change who they are. So Kyrie is a score. I don't I don't know if he knows how to be anything else. Yeah, only time will tell. Yeah. All right, now talking about free agency. What are your thoughts on this whole Paul George drama? I, I think Paul George scenario is weird. It reminds me of like Dwight Howard when he really wanted to go to the Nets when they were first started, he wanted to be like the focal point. Mm-hmm. And it was gonna be him and the idea was going to be him and Darren Williams and, and some other guys were going to bring in. But then he went and told like the magic about it ahead of time, trying to be the nice guy or whatever. And the deal got tanked and all this drama and whatnot. Like, if I was him, I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just let it all play out. And then you could just, and then you could just leave. You're free to leave. But he wanted to be Mr. Nice Guy, so it creates all this drama and this energy around it. And number one, it hurts the team because it hurts your trade value. Yeah. So, so realistically, by you announcing that, you actually didn't help the team. And, and number two, it creates all this drama around the franchise. And, and it's, I think it's just too much. I don't think he should have said any of that. I think he just should have been like, yo, if they asked him if he wants to stay, he could have just been like, I feel like I'm going to exercise all my options when the season's over. And I would have left it at that. I, I wouldn't have said anything. As far as him as a free agent, I don't know if he can be your your main championship piece, but he would probably be the best second option in the NBA. Yeah, definitely second option. And, and like, I don't know where he's going to end up, but it seems super weird that a guy who seems to be wanting to go to LA, now they're saying the Celtics may have a trade in place for him contingent on getting like Gordon Hayward. Like, I can't see Paul George wanting to go to Boston. Mm. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like Paul George, it feels like almost predestined that this guy's going to end up in L.A. Seems yeah. like he wants to go back home. He wants to be a star. He doesn't seem like he cares all that much about winning right away. Mm-hmm. He's not one of those guys. So, like, I think he ends up in L.A. And they try to get pieces around him. Uh, the Lakers probably try to make a run at maybe DeMarcus Cousins when he's a free agent. They probably try to make a run at him. They probably try to bring Russell Westbrook back home when mm-hmm. he's a free agent next year. But I don't know. I, th- I think Paul George is probably going to be a Laker. I mean, granted, he could get traded, but he probably won't find the extension, so then it'd be pointless. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of 
Carmelo Anthony when he was really forcing his way trying to get to New York. And uh, when they traded him to New York, they New York basically like got a lot of their pieces taken away from him. So if I'm him, I wouldn't have said anything and just stayed tight and then try to go to LA if they look promising based on this upcoming season. Because I don't want to get rid of those young assets I have. Exactly. Like that's that was one. Of, that that's really what hurt Melo in New York. Like Melo could have just waited. Melo could have just waited and been waited for for the end of um, the season and told the Knicks, "Hey, I'm signing with you guys as a free agent. Don't trade all your assets for him." The thing about it, D'Antoni never liked Melo anyway. <laughs> D'Antoni doesn't like players like Melo who he feels are ball stoppers. So yeah. it, it it doesn't it doesn't really work. His game never worked with D'Antoni as a coach anyway. Like if you're bringing in Melo, then you got to switch who the head coaches. Definitely. But I like the idea of telling Carmelo Anthony to be second option and Jeremy Lin is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, all right, this isn't gonna work. Somebody's got to go. Definitely. All right, my next one is CP3 and Blake Griffin just opted out of their contract. Do you think they're going to resign? Do you think CP's going to go to the Spurs? What should they do? If you were them, what would you do? So, I do remember Chris Paul's wife or really, really loves Los Angeles. So, she might push him to resign. He might just be opting out to get a newer, longer, bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Griffin doesn't like playing with Chris Paul. <laughs> like, he just doesn't. Like, that's always been a thing. Like, on the court, they didn't have all that much chemistry. You always had more fun when they had, um, what was it, Eric Bledsoe? Yeah. Yeah, when he came off the bench, like, and they got to run, you always thought Blake enjoyed that more because Chris Paul dribbles a lot and controls the ball. Also, Blake likes to play a little bit of a point forward at times and be a creator, like, create plays for others. He doesn't get to do that while playing with Chris Paul. So, I don't see any scenario where Blake comes back. Damn. To play with Chris Paul. I, I think... I think it's one of those either or scenarios with, with like with Kobe and Shaq. You got to pick one. I don't think that happens. As far as the Spurs go, Chris, if Chris Paul comes to the Spurs, he's gonna they're gonna have to convince him to play like Tony Parker. He can't come to the Spurs and do that thing where he dribbles all around exactly. all day and kill the offense. That's what I'm scared about. Is he gonna be a cancer to our team by dribbling so damn much? Yeah, he was stuck Kawhi's growth. I worry about that. Mm-hmm. I worry. I worry about that. So, like, I mean, he's a good defender. He, he's a he's a very good scorer. Like, I mean, he's got the talent, but will will he change the way he plays? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think under Pop, he'll be willing to do that. So, yeah, Pop does have um, enough credibility where he could tell, like, a veteran, "No, nah, I need you to play like this." Mm-hmm. He, he does, but like, I don't see any scenario where. Blake and Chris Paul play together again. They're not really friends off the court. Like Blake really just chills with DeAndre. Yeah. Like they, they they don't really hang with each other. And on the court, they don't have that much chemistry. I think Blake is gone. But whether or not he'd sign in a place like Boston, I don't know. Like again, it's always really hard for me to imagine a guy leaving LA who likes that atmosphere and going to Boston. Like guys like Darren Williams, like is he doing it because they don't really like the big lights and entertainment. But Blake does. So Yeah. And my whole thing is like you guys make millions of bucks, like, and you guys are traveling basically majority of the year. Like, y'all can go wherever you yeah. want after, after the season's over. That that's that's true too. But you can go wherever you want after the season's over. But at the same time, when you come home to rest your head, like, mm-hmm. where do you, where do you where do you want to be? Like, I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant's much happier in the Bay than he was in Oklahoma City. Definitely. <laughs> so, 
I mean, and I, I'm watching him like he's a, he's like um, participating in all these different tech expos and these TED talks and like he's getting his whole business set up there with Rich Klein and his agent from Rock Nation. So like he's really invested long term in being in the Bay Area. He likes the whole atmosphere and the vibe. And I think Blake likes being in, in LA. Like you these days you don't need to be in a big market to be a big commercial star. LeBron James, perfect example in Cleveland, obviously, but it's still easier. Definitely. It's, it's especially if you're like a midling player, but Blake's a superstar, so so who do you think fits best with Houston? Because Houston's trying to get CP3, Blake, Kyle Lowry, and Millsap. Who do you think fits best? Blake. I say Blake, that too. Blake. I mean, Blake Blake will run up and down with them. He, he, he can handle the ball a little bit. Um, he, would, he would be the best power forward that D'Antoni's had since Amari Stoudemire. It'd be Ooh, like I didn't even think about that. Right, it'd be like a souped-up version of having Nash and Stoudemire because both of those guys might be better than the other two guys that he had in those positions. That's what it'd be like. It'd be a throwback to that, mm. but better. Yeah, I was thinking either that or like, okay, see, I didn't really see Blake in in Boston. Nah, no, I don't, I don't see Blake in Boston either. And I don't, I don't know if their offense. Well, they have a very good head coach, so I, I think he would find a way to get Blake the ball on offense, but I, I think Houston fits him better, and Blake is from Oklahoma. I, I think I think he'd be more comfortable in the South, somewhere warm. I don't think you can convince Blake Griffin to leave a warm climate to go, go to New England. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really see, see it happening. And what are your thoughts on Dwight Howard getting traded to the Hornets? <laughs> it was funny how it happened, right? Because he was <laughs> tweeting, and then like, like 10 minutes later, he was gone. <laughs> like I know he's tight because Atlanta's like his hometown and now he's in Charlotte I know he's tight <laughs> but like Dwight Howard has himself to blame like I've never seen a dude just his offensive game not improve from the time he was a rookie at all <laughs> <laughs> like he has himself to blame like I was just looking at Dwight and I'm just looking at him like in the 90s there's no way you would have been like an all-star at center <laughs> at all <laughs> but, but to be fair I do think he's gonna make the, the Hornets better yeah. I, yeah, I do think he'll make them better and they're probably like solidly maybe a top five seed in the East now, but what does that really mean? Because the East is looking like there's going to be a huge talent vacuum. If all these guys are going to the West the way it's looking, like Paul George and if Blake stays over there and Lowry and all these guys leave, like there's going to be a huge talent vacuum in the East. Like the Cavs are going to just be in the finals by default. Mm-hmm. So, it, I don't it, know. <laughs> it seems like... <laughs> It seems like once Dwight went on first take, I think he either went on the jump or first take, and he was like, yeah, I'm trying to work on my threes. And they looked at him like, yo, what's wrong with you? He's like, yeah, I know it's going to be a little weird. You see me threes, but I'm just trying to, you know, be here for the longevity's sake. I, I feel like as soon as the, uh, the, whole G, the whole GMs from uh, the Hawks heard that, they're like, nah. <laughs> The, the, the thing with the Hawks, like, I respect that move because they're, they're in this weird sort of purgatory where, like, they're good enough to make the playoffs every year, but they're not good enough to get to do anything besides maybe making the second round. And they've been like that for, like, seven years. So, at a certain point, Atlanta has to make a choice. Are they going to blow it up and start all over again, or are they just going to stay in that spot where they're, like, a top five seed every year, but no, everyone knows they're not winning anything. Yeah, I will, I'll blow it up because you're not getting any free agents there either, any, like, marquee free agents. Right, so I think they just got to blow it up to the start, which, which is crazy to me. You would think, like, Atlanta would be able to get a lot of 
great free agent, but maybe guys are like, man, I can go to Atlanta whenever I want to. Like, <laughs> we don't, I don't need to live here. <laughs> Facts. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Hawks got to start all over. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the whole Knicks state of mind? I know you're a Lakers fan, so you probably got a slight emotional connection to Phil Jackson. What's your thoughts on all that? Well, as far as the Knicks, I don't really care about the Knicks. Like, <laughs> my, my, my one adopted New York team is the Brooklyn Nets because they're, like, new and, they, and they're not, like, a rival to anybody. So that's the one New York team I semi-root for. But somehow, Jeremy Lin was on the Lakers, and I come to New York, and now he's on the Nets. It's like, I can't get away from this dude. But... Um, as far as the Knicks and Phil Jackson, like Phil Jackson is just like an ornery old man at this point. <laughs> like, I just think he doesn't care about life. Like Jeannie Buss left him was like, yo, you wildin'. I can't rock with you anymore. Like Mello doesn't like him. Porzingis doesn't even speak to him. He's making ridiculous decisions. He knows they're not going to fire him because they gave him too much money. But they have to eat that if they fire him. And he's just like, do whatever I want. Like, part of me feel like he's sabotaging things on purpose. Like, he's trying to get fired so he can just get his payout and go home to Montana. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's not even attempting to you know, forge good relationships with the players and whatnot. Like, I feel like he was trying to get mellow to say he wants to be traded so that he didn't look like the bad guy, the way he was, like, kind of just harassing Melo. I think Phil Jackson, I just, I just think the game has passed him by trying to force the triangle in a game where like maybe it just doesn't work like to try, every every offense looks great when you have Kobe Shaq and Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan running it that's what I'm saying like in today's game like the stuff he was trying to run it just wasn't innovative and like the players he had weren't built for it it didn't make any sense like I just think Phil Jackson he, he I feel like he should have like an advisory role and give, give the, the reins to someone else let's just be like a figurehead at this point but he didn't pay too much money to do that you can't pay a guy that much money and have him not have any input, but I don't know what he's doing. And then he didn't draft um he didn't what was it, Dennis Smith that he didn't draft? Dennis I think they were saying he should have drafted Malik Monk. Well a lot of people well, a lot of people were surprised Malik, including me that Malik Monk fell that far down. Mm-hmm. Um I I think he's gonna be a good player. I think the Hornets took him he's gonna be a good player for them, but I feel bad for him he's not gonna get that much PT with Kembo on his team. But um but nah, they, they had like, I think it's Dennis Smith Jr., like, because I was just reading up on these players prior to draft. Super athletic for a point guard, had like a 48-inch vertical leap or something. Lots of talent. Everybody's like, all right, the Knicks are at least going to get somebody with like huge upside and talent. And he goes and drafts some random like European player that no one knows. Yeah, for we were like, What is this? Yeah, we were like, wait, what? Not going to so, lie, I went on YouTube and I looked at his highlights. The dude from France isn't that bad. He kind of reminds me of he could sort of be a potential like a Russell Westbrook, but I gotta I gotta wait and see how it pans out. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Like, I, I don't know. It just caught me off guard. I was like, wait, who? But maybe <laughs> may, may, maybe Phil's right. I don't know. Maybe we're all wrong and he's right. But like, there's been nothing in the past few years to make any of us believe that we're wrong and he's right. Cause he's been wrong about everything. The only thing, the only reason why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt is because he drafted Porzingis when we all didn't know what he was going to become. True. So maybe somebody in the scouting department really get a scout in Europe. Like I remember that used to be the Spurs thing, and they would get all these players from Europe and overseas that everyone else wasn't scouting. So yeah. maybe he has somebody who's really good at that. We're going to see. It just, it just seems like all these historic franchises are, you know making their names well-known again, and the Knicks are still last. Yeah, yeah. Melo made a big mistake re-signing. I don't know why he did that. When he was a free agent, I remember when he re-signed his free agent, I was like, why would you do that? 
like I was looking at the roster. I was like, there's nobody there with you. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like that that was the moment where he should have left right there, and he could have gone anywhere. I I didn't understand it. Maybe but, it was Lala keeping him there. Man, he could have found his way to the Clippers or something. Like I don't know. Clippers, exactly. Or do what Bron do with the two-year deals and opt out after a year. Exactly. Then he could have gone and joined Bron in Cleveland or something. Like I don't know, but this is just this is ridiculous. Speaking speaking of being by yourself, Dwayne Wade about to be real lonely in Chicago. Yeah, I was about to just tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna be a long year. <laughs> I feel like they're going to buy out his contract and then he's going to join the Cleveland Cavaliers for some reason. I don't know why. I just have this strange feeling. I feel like if they did that, the NBA would be so irate. <laughs> like, like, but the thing is, the Bulls ownership is historically like the star players hate them. Like Jordan hated them. Like Butler doesn't really like them. So like, I don't even, I think they might be too cheap to even pull that move. Yeah. But, but if they did, that would be crazy. Because he's definitely going to head right to Cleveland. Oh, yeah. And, I wouldn't go and, anywhere else. And that solved their bench problems right there. Yeah. I think he would have to accept the coming off the bench. But, I mean, probably the best bench player in the league at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, that would change. That's, I, I hadn't thought of that. That's a crazy possibility. Yeah. We'll see. And because they already have, like, what, two point guards, too? So, are they going to take... Ray John Rondo off the books as well. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not. Oh yeah, they traded for what Zach Levine, right? Yeah, they got Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and I think the seventh round pick for Jimmy Butler. Okay, yeah. And Zach, Zach Levine Le- still has his ACL injury, so he's still working on that. I don't even know when he's coming back. But those aren't as bad as they used to be. Yeah, like players and come back from that, they still be athletic all the time. He's young. That was one of the reasons why, like, when he got traded, like, I was looking at Minnesota and I was like, I guess, I see what you guys are doing. You're trying to be a playoff team right now. And Jimmy's definitely a better player right now. You're definitely not going to be good enough to beat the Warriors. But people are like, oh, they could grow into it. I'm like, yeah, maybe. Three years from now, they're definitely not going to beat them at any point in the next two seasons. And so I was looking at Zach Levine. I'm like, I like his upside. And so I thought they, they were going to have a young core and kind of almost just wait out the Warriors. When the Warriors start to fall up, they would beat those dudes. But they decided they want to be competitive and win now. And I get it, because Minnesota's been losing for a really long time. And maybe they finally want to have a playoff squad, because they lost the whole Kevin Love era. They didn't win anything. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're, they're not winning now in the Wiggins and Towns era, so I guess. We'll let's, see. Let's go I just got to see. I got to see what Andrew Wiggins is talking about. I'm confident in Jimmy Butler. I'm confident in their perimeter defense. I like how Carl Anthony Towns can you know, switch and defend on numerous positions. I think Carlton Towns is one of the other best big men in the, in the whole league. So we're going to see how it's going to work out. I'm just worried about their shooting and I'm worried about their exactly. bench. And I don't really like, and I don't really like uh, Ricky Rubio. I've never liked Ricky Rubio. But actually, <laughs> let me take that back because nah, you said your brother, will, your brother, your brother, your brother, I was going to say your brother will check me on that. <laughs> like I did used to think Ricky Rubio was going to be a young Jason kid. I fell for the hype. But by about season two, I'm like, yeah, this dude might not be good. And I, and I kept just pretending that nobody heard me say it because I'm usually good with my predictions, but there's like two predictions I just pretend I never said. Him and OJ Mayo. I pretend <laughs> I never said it. <laughs> like last time I saw OJ Mayo, this dude was out of the league on like a, on like a pilgrimage in Africa chilling with his girl. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. But, but um, he looked happy. But um, nah, I, I think... Shooting is definitely going to be an issue with them. They have, Like, I don't trust 
their shooting in that starting lineup. Between Butler, Wiggins, and Rubio, you don't have a consistent three-point shooter in that starting lineup. Exactly. It's very hard to beat a team with the Warriors without any sort of spacing. Yeah, um, they, but, but they, like a shooting point guard and then like a stretch four and then move Cat at the five. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, funny enough, Kevin Love would fit very well on this team if they brought him back to Minnesota. Yeah, he actually but, would. Uh, yeah, but... um. But, but yeah, as far as Wiggins, though, Wiggins played very well at the two guard last year. Like, he shot a much higher percentage when he played the two than when he played the three. I think he's going to benefit a lot from Jimmy being there at the three. Definitely. I think, I think he's going to play well. It's just that, like, him or, him or both, somebody's going to have to develop a three-point shot. <laughs> somebody's going to have to develop a three-point because that space is going to be bad. But their defense is going to be legit on the wings at the very least. Yeah. They can both guard. And what I like about them is they they now have a closer because a lot of the games they lost, they just didn't know how to finish it. So we're going to see how that goes. True. They played the Warriors very tough last year. Quite yeah. kept. They played them very tough. But that, that was with Levine. Again, like I like Levine as a player. I think he's going to be something. So. But I guess if you're going to get Butler, you got to give up something. And they chose keeping um, Wiggins over keeping Levine. We'll see how that pans out. With that being said, you think they're going to make the playoffs? I mean, if you go through the teams in, in, in the NBA right now, so the Clippers looking like they're about to blow up. Like, oh, which is, real, real, yeah, which over the side, which is real crazy because now Jerry West is their new GM and Jerry West works magic, but I don't even know if he can fix that. Um, that's going to be real interesting, that whole Jerry West versus Magic Johnson thing that's going to be going on in LA. Which one of them is going to be better, better in LA? That's going to be, that's going to be like an underlying storyline. But, um, <laughs> Clippers are pretty much going to open up a spot. And then after that, if you look, I mean, the Utah Jazz might open up a spot too. If, if Gordon Hayward leaves, mm. then that, that might be two spots open right there. So they could slide right in. Yeah. Who do you think has a better shot at making the playoffs? The Timberwolves from the West, from the West. The Timberwolves or the Pelicans? The Pelicans are very interesting because the few games I saw, like Cousins and um and uh, Davis played well together, which surprised me. Like they seem to play well together, which I didn't yeah, I didn't think yeah. would have Toward, Towards the end of the season, they started winning games together, so that was that yeah. was a good yeah. direction. I see they're going in, but I don't really trust anybody else on their team. Like I, I, I don't I don't I don't know. Like who who's the, who's the starting two guard on that team? I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> my point exactly. <laughs> that, that's the problem. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> that's my point. Like, it, it's like you have two all-star caliber players and everybody else is just suspect. So, <laughs> so, so that's my point. I think they're going to be in every game and there's going to be a time to win these games and then it's going to be like Cousins, Cousins and Davis are going to have too much on them. Like, I don't yeah. trust any of these other guys. Like, which is crazy. With two dominant big men like that, you would think everybody else would just eat from the perimeter off of them getting double teamed, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll I want see. them to do well, though. I want them to do well. Me too. I feel like if they don't make the playoffs this year, Boogie's definitely going to rock. Yeah, yeah. Bo- Boogie definitely would, would leave. Boogie, Boogie needs to get under control, though, at this point. Like, you can't beef with everybody. He's but, a big baby sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, like that—that's crazy. Like I felt like I don't know if you saw like LeBron, like the whole barbershop like interview thing they were doing. Oh yeah, yeah, and Draymond yeah. there. But when he was talking about certain players with, with bad attitudes, one I felt like those were like subliminal shots at Boogie. Like it just sounded <laughs> like he fit the description of who the dude who they were talking about. 
love the dude, but it's just like, come on, bro. Control yourself. It's not that deep. Like, who hurt you? <laughs> exactly, bro. Like, you can't be mad all the time. Granted, George Carl is a bad person, but, but you beef with everybody, bro. Like, it can't be everybody but you. Like, you're part of it to some degree. Yeah. But, but I, don't, I don't know. All right. Last topic of the day, the draft. I'm going to go by a few players from, like, the top ten. How do you feel about Markel Fultz and trusting the process with Philly? Philly is very intriguing to me because if everything goes well and, you know, the process works. Well, well first of all, by the way, like, they, they got a dead dad nickname they're trying to run with. Like, Meek Mill told him, like, nah, y'all got a dead dad. He said, we can't be called that. So, like, I don't know if you saw the nickname of, what's his name? How am I forgetting the name? And I'm having a brain people. Like, the guy who probably won rookie of the year this year. Um, Lanza? No, they're big men. No, I'm talking about for this past season. They're big men. And B, yeah. I don't know why I went blank on his name. But, like, once they got false, he was like, yo, I, I, people saying our nickname should be the feds. Like, <laughs> and Meek was like, nah. <laughs> nah, we're not doing that. I think I saw it on social media. Yeah. I was like, nah, we're not running with that. But, like, I mean, if everything goes according to plan, they, sh- they should be a problem here in, in a season or two. Like, I feel like they can make a playoff push this year. The East, the East is just, the East is just isn't that talented. Like I, I don't feel like you could count out any team the East and be like they have no shot at making the playoffs. There, there's no, there, there aren't eight great teams in the East. So they, if they're healthy, they should be right in the mix. Um, depends on how good Fultz is going to be. We're going to see. We're going to see if it was worth it. Like I don't know. Like I like the guy, but I don't know. I don't feel like he's a superstar the way other people do. I don't know. I see Fultz we'll being like a, like a Bradley Beal. That's what I feel. And, and maybe that's enough. I mean, if the other if Simmons and Embiid play up to the potential, then he doesn't need to be any more than that. Yeah, because Saint Simmons is supposed to be like Baby Braun. And who would right. you compare Embiid to? That, it's it's hard to compare him. It's hard to find comparison for him because he's so versatile. Yeah, it, he, he's himself, hard. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure if I sat on, I could give a comparison, but I can't think of like a big man right now that he reminds me of like. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to throw the Hakeem comparisons on because that's kind of lazy with the yellow compared to African dudes. But Hakeem was versatile like that. He was. Um, I, I don't know. But obviously no one's as polished as Hakeem was in the post. So I don't want to do that to him. And Hakeem was just like arguably the best defensive player in the league at the time too. Yeah. But Embiid, I guess he's just himself. He's like the prototype new big man in the NBA these days. Yes, definitely. If he stays healthy... He gonna be the best big man. Him and AD. What about Towns? I like Towns too, but I just I just like him be more. Yeah, he definitely has more upside to me. So he we'll see. And then there's this I think Legion Hoops or whatever on Twitter, some verified account. They're basically saying that all three players are should be on the court together at the start of the regular season with no minute restriction. I mean, I mean that's the up, but I would restrict him these minutes regardless. Mm. Like that's like a medical diagnosis. Like the doctor's saying there's no minute restriction, but as a coach, like sometimes you gotta protect guys from themselves. Mm-hmm. Like Embiid still has yet to make it through a full season. I wouldn't be playing this guy 36 minutes. Yeah, I probably then, play him about 30, 32. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I would cap that, but but I mean, it should work. It should work. Like on on paper, all the pieces fit. They have they have the core. 
I don't, I don't know what their bench is looking like. But I, yeah. I want to see them play. They were fun to watch last year. You, you added both, and they should be even more fun to watch. So definitely, definitely. We'll see what happens. How you feel about Lonzo to the Lakers? I was feeling it until I saw his sneakers. <laughs> no, he needs a dead dude. Like you know, you know how you play two K and there's like the default like creative sneakers. <laughs> it looked just like that. I was like, come on, man. Like I saw people on Twitter like, yo, we gonna help you. They're making like their own designs, and every design looked better than the sneakers he was wearing. Like he needs to dead that right now. Like I was talking to my boy, I was like, yo, we gotta cop some big baller brands for the culture because we're both Lakers fans. And then we saw those sneakers, we were like, man, we can't rock with you. We can't do that. <laughs> Like, I might have to get, get a t-shirt or something like or the slide, but I can't wear those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to see, um, We're going to see, but I, I think L.A. needs a star. Like, the Lakers are supposed to have a star player that's supposed to be the show. And I think, even though Lonzo's was kind of quiet, I think his father kind of somehow adds that star power dimension. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason to watch the Lakers in. There hasn't been a reason to watch the Lakers in a long time. Yeah, I like that young core. We'll see. I think they're going to have him at the one... What Jordan Clarkson at the two, Ingram at the three, Randall at the four, and Lopez at the five. Say that again. Lonzo at the one. Right. Clarkson at the two. Okay. Ingram at the three. Yeah. Julius Randall at the four, and Brooke Lopez at the five. They, they like um the young guy Zubac too. They like him. They think he has a lot of upside, and then. Yeah, they, they they do have a, they do have a good young core. Like Clarkson, they've been bringing him off the best of the instant offense. I don't know if they'd start him. Hmm, we'll see. Feel, the of Russell gone now. I feel like they will start Luo Deng. Oh yeah, I forgot he's still on the books. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I would kind of like Clarkson off the bench. If Luo Deng is going to start at the three, are they going to move Ingram to the two? He, he might be more effective with the two right now until he puts some weight on, like. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying like, is he is he working on his game this off season? Is he putting on that weight? Because I, I, like, I hope struggling. so. Yeah, he was he was getting bullied way too easy. It was like it reminded me of Kevin Durant as a rookie. Hand. He was getting pushed around, but like KD was just so fluid offensively that he still found a way to get you like 20. Yeah, but he was like that. Like Ingram, Ingram, I was watching him play. He looked like a five star junior in high school. That's what he looked like. Like, like. I was like, "What is it?" <laughs> he was a good defender, though, which surprised me. I, I didn't. I didn't know he was a good defender. Yeah. So he could be a really good two-way player, but he's got to eat. He got to eat. Yeah, he's got. You got to find a way. All that money, those trainers, like, come on, bro. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> dude, like something. Like it, it was crazy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I like D'Angelo Russell, but I never. He never feel like, felt like a true point guard to me, anyway. Yeah, he gonna so, he gonna go get his in Boston. I mean, and I'm in Brooklyn. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Him, but like, I watched him in college and coming to the NBA. I was never as high on him as other people were. And people say I was a hater because I went to Michigan. He's an Ohio State guy. But I was just like, I'm watching him attack, and I'm like, he doesn't look that explosive to me. And then so far in the NBA, watch play, he's never looked that explosive. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but he has talent. I, I don't know what his upside is, but he's definitely a talented player. Definitely. How you feel about uh, Jason Tatum to the Boston Celtics? Man, the way the Celtics are trying to make these trades, dude might never play. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't know what's going to happen yet. Like, with all these trades they're making, him, him and who the other? Jalen Brown? That they got last year? Like, both yeah, of them dudes might, Brown. both of those guys might never play. 
Like <laughs> all these trades they're thinking about making. Like, I, I mean, they might have a crazy bench <laughs> the way it's looking, but I, I don't know. Like he might not even be on that team when their trades are done. Yeah, because I really think they're going to try to still get Gordon Hayward too. Yeah, Gordon Hayward would fit well with them too. But I would, but I, would keep, I, I, I would keep Jason Tatum though. I, I like him. He kind of reminds me of like a Jabari Parker slash Mellow type of player. True, that's very true. Yeah, he does. He does. I, I I can see it. I can see it. With Boston, like it's interesting how they're gonna play this out. Because as they are, even with Gordon Hayward, they're not good enough to beat the Cavs. Yeah. Right. And I told him not. I I didn't, I didn't tell them personally, but I, I put it out there into the atmosphere <laughs> that there's no reason to give Al Horford a max contract. Yeah. I, like, there was no reason for that. But whatever. That's what they felt like doing. So that limits them a little bit. But I don't know. Boston's a weird spot because they're good enough to pretty much compete with or beat every team in the East but the one team they need to beat, which is the Cavs. So, <laughs> so, like, I was looking at them like, are you guys just going to sit out the Cavs for, like, a couple seasons and just be like, all right, let's wait till LeBron falls off or are you guys going to try to go all in right now? And I'll it was weird. It was weird, yeah, because if they wouldn't go all in, like, they, ha- they, c- they had a lot of deals in place for people like Butler and George that they didn't pull the trigger on last season. It was weird to me. So, I don't really know what they're... Ch- what they're trying to set up. I mean, if they get the Paul George deal to go through, because supposedly it's contingent on signing Gordon Hayward. But is Paul George going to commit long-term? Supposedly, they have a deal in place where he would sign a three-year extension. Okay. If they get Gordon Hayward. But that's a lot of going on. If you can't get Paul George, I wouldn't mind still trying to get Christoph Porzingis. The Dick's going to ask for a lot for him. Yeah, oh, D. Yeah, he's like their only asset. Who else do they have? (laughs) I mean, Mellow's Mellow, but Mellow's older now. You're not going to get that much for an older Mellow. Yeah, and Phil Jackson kind of diminished him. Yeah, Porzingis is like their only asset. It's crazy to me that Porzingis just doesn't even talk to the Knicks. Like, I find that hilarious. That he didn't even do the exit interviews. He's just chilling. They don't even know where he is. Yeah. See, what they don't realize is that Porzingis has a lot of love for Mellow. Like, he looks at Melo as, like, big bro. So, they're like, if you're getting that Melo like that, what would you do to me down the line? So, they managed that whole situation poorly. Mm. But, 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 yeah, um, I, I can see Porzingis getting traded by Nick. Didn't Phil Jackson say every, like, there's no one who won't be traded? Who can't be traded? So, if, if you let Porzingis go, you're the Knicks. I don't know what you try to get back. Some people are throwing out, like, a Phoenix deal and getting, like, Devin Booker back. But I, I don't I don't know if the Knicks fans would go for that. Yeah. Like they're tired of losing. Like when the last time the Knicks made a well actually no, they made a playoff with Melo like four years ago. But I don't know. <laughs> they they just they need a new owner, I'm be real with you. Like it's just been it's just been bad for like twenty years because of the ownership. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sorry for going backwards before I get to my last question for you. But what are your what were your thoughts on Lamarcus Aldridge wanting out out of the Spurs? When when I watch Lamarcus Aldridge play, he always plays better as the first option for some reason. So like on the Blazers, he was pretty much the first option, and like after Kawhi got hurt or times when Kawhi was on the bench, he played better because like I think he's a guy who wants to be the focal point and he wants the ball. It's it's weird to me. Like I've always noticed that throughout his career, and maybe he got to. To um, the Spurs, and he thought, "Oh, I'm going to replace Tim Duncan. I'm going to be the guy." And he's not the guy. 
And, and, and not only is he not the guy, he's the fall guy. So he's the guy who gets blamed when they lose. And maybe he doesn't want that type of energy or that, I don't know, that type of focus on him. And so I guess rather than to be dangled in all these trade discussions and be disliked by the fans, he's kind of trying to take it into his own hands and saying, let me out of here, let me go somewhere else. The problem is his stock is not nearly as high as it was two seasons ago when everybody wanted him. Yeah. Because now people seeing what he's like when the lights are on and on the big stage, when you have a talented championship caliber team around, he didn't look all that great. He didn't look, so I don't even know what the Spurs would get for him. Yeah. It's you tough might have to, to see because you're not going to get value. Because, like, in the first round against Memphis, you know, he, he didn't play, you know, how, you know, his, his 23 and, and 10, you know, Portland days. But I gave him the benefit of that because Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol are some, are some big bullies. True. Um, and then the second round, you know, I think he started first two games. Eh, then from there, he picked it on up. And then Tony Parker goes down. Kawhi goes down. So you, you're asking him to try to carry that offensive low and I feel like you can't really fault him on all that I mean that I mean that's fair but even throughout the season people he was kind of up and down yeah so it wasn't like it was just that span it's just that the, the playoffs highlighted right so people really get to good luck look at you during the playoffs and people are like wait a minute I thought he was that dude like people who don't watch the Spurs are looking I'm like wait a minute it's always supposed to be better than this like they were confused um what about their playoff run last year? I don't remember him being all that notable. Yeah, he played well. And then once they got to the second round, he averaged like 40 of the first two games against OKC. Then he just went I remember sleep. that. They, yeah, then he just went to sleep. I remember that. Like, he looked like a monster for two games. And then he was just... That That's when I was like, okay, going. we have a chance. Like, no one can stop this guy. Right. But that, that's the problem. Like, it's very hard to win a championship with a jump shooting big man. Yeah. It rarely happens, right? Um, Dirt and the Whiskey was like a once-in-a-lifetime event where, for some reason, the, the Mavericks were just playing like inspired basketball and like incredible <laughs> lockdown defense. And somehow, the game was close enough for him to hit every big shot. And to literally hit every big shot. I had never seen anything like it. So, but even that took like an out-of-body experience of LeBron James just not playing up to par. Like, if LeBron averaged 16. Like, if he averaged 20, they would have won that series convincingly. Like LeBron James scoring eight points in a final game is something you can't account for. Definitely. Like, so even that took a rare, like, the best player in the world just having the worst series of his life. Jump shooting big men just tend not to win championships. It's not, like, a thing. Like, Duncan was so great because you had a double team. Him. And then everyone else eats off of that. Like, but Duncan, but Duncan's Duncan, you can't put that in all. Duncan probably one of the 10 greatest players ever. That's not really fair. Right? I'd be praying. I'm like, yo, I wish Carl Anthony Towns is on the Spurs. True, true, true. I mean, he, he also, he, he got he got seasoned by KG a little bit. He doesn't have KG's mean streak in him, but I, I think I think he has a lot of upside, but I don't, I don't know how far he goes in Minnesota. I feel like sometimes you get used to a losing culture, and it can, it can stop, stop your growth. Like, guys like Col- Colbert, like you are saying, he wasn't used to the big life because he wasn't used to being in a situation where he's expected to perform like that. Definitely. And the last question of the day, who do you have winning rookie of the year? Um, thinking, I'm thinking of who's going to get the most minutes, number one. Like, a lot of that's contingent on, like, 
getting the playing time. Like guys like Monk, who has the potential to be the best player in this draft, he, he's not going to start. So I don't think he's going to win it. I know, I know the favorite is false. I know he's the favorite. Um, I guess that depends on how well he meshes with the other players. Lonzo Ball is going to have a lot of attention on him. He's going to have a lot of attention on him. And I feel like if he is even like, I feel like he's even remotely close to the hype his father's putting on him, he might win the thing off of just people being like, yo, this guy had all this pressure on him and he performed pretty well. And I feel like there might be some confirmation bias there. Um, <laughs> so I would look out for that because, I mean, the vote, voters are humans too. Like, they're prone to, to doing things like that. Um, well, who else is out there? I'm thinking of who's going to get good PT. I'm, like, I'm can, you run, maybe, can you run me down some of the rookies? I'm thinking maybe from Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox. He might have a he lot is, of minutes. He is, is going to get a lot. Of, that's true. That's going to be very interesting to watch when him and on ball play each other too, because their fathers have been popping off at each other. But that's an unex, but that's an unexpected like game. Everybody's going to circle just to see. Um, yeah, he's going to have a good shot. That, that's actually a very good pick because he's going to get a lot of time to play. Like I remember when um, Tyreek Evans looked like he was going to be a star because he averaged twenty-five and five, and only LeBron had done it as a rookie. I was telling people, I'm like, he's putting up good numbers on a bad team. Like, somebody's going to have to get the points on a bad team. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, somebody's got to do it. And then he faded away. I'm like, I told you guys. People were like, oh, I think he and Rose and Wall. I'm like, I was like, yo, those guys are completely different levels than this guy. But R- Rose is interesting, too. I don't know where he's going to end up. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Because people, people were saying um, Minnesota wanted him. Like um, his old coach wanted him back, but now I don't know. Now they're saying like if we don't if we don't get CP3, we might try to get him. Rose on the, on the Spurs. Yeah, I mean the Spurs do have a better medical staff than the Bulls. Like it seems like everybody in the Bulls <laughs> gets hurt. <laughs> they have a terrible medical staff. If anybody could get that guy to like play efficient, it, it would be the Spurs. I mean they basically have him do what Tony Parker does. Yeah, and I'm cool with that. Yep. Yeah. I hated the way Tony went out, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad, man. You never know what could have happened. Like, even as a Lakers fan, I was always my dude. Yeah. Like, I, I always I always liked Tony. Like, even on 2K, I used to ball with Tony Parker. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm telling you, he was unstoppable in 2K7 for some reason. He was unstoppable. Yeah, you but, got me hip to 2K. I used to, I used to play NBA Live all the damn time. Yo, do you even make that anymore? Yeah, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna send you a link on Twitter. I'm a- I'm gonna show you the gameplay. It still looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> like I had I haven't even heard that name in years. Like it's crazy <laughs> how that happened. Because <laughs> I, I remember when live used to be the move. Like I remember being like on like N64 having like having live. And I remember when I used to think Kobe was trash. I played mm-hmm. with the Lakers and it would sub Kobe in the game because he was like the sixth man. I would just immediately call a timeout, take him off the game, yeah. <laughs> like get him off the court. But I proved wrong. But yeah, that, that that's crazy. I think with Tony though, back on that, like with, he's he's so old. Like I, that might be it with that injury. Yeah, at his age, that might be it. Like, and I I hate to see him go out like that. I remember seeing Kobe go out like that. And I just knew he was never gonna be the same. Yeah, when I saw Tony go out and I and I saw he couldn't get up with him being thirty five. I was like, yeah, this is the end, man. Yeah, that's, that was bad. Is Manu going to come back or is he retiring? 
He said he'll think about it, so we gotta wait. And if he's out, I think that's what, 14, 13 to 15 million off, off the books, so I wouldn't mind giving that to Jonathan Simmons. True, true. Plus, it gives you more, plus it's more money for you guys to use out there in free agency. Yeah. The Spurs are probably one player away from being able to go head to head with the. Well, actually, I can't even say that now because Tony's hurt. Man was not there, but still, they have a good young core. I feel like a couple moves here and there, they could be right there. They're the one team I feel like they could be right there. But, yeah, man. Damn, uh, and Kawhi was in on his on his Michael Jordan slash Kobe playoff run too. Yeah, he was putting crazy work. He was putting crazy work. Like, but the big threes he was in—that's what caught me off guard more than anything. Yeah. I was, I was like, really? The clutch threes, too? But <laughs> He seems yeah, like he, a more he, efficient Kobe. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting about that? Him and Kobe playing different eras, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the points are up. Their points are up in this era. The, the field goal percentage, they're up. The possessions per game are up. This era is... I, I, don't, know, I don't know the exact numbers. I haven't looked at it, but it's very reminiscent of the fast pace of the 80s. Okay. So, like, everybody in the 80s, you look, they all have, like, inflated numbers because people are just going up and down the court. Yeah. And then there was this point in the 90s where, like, people started playing this awful ISO ball. And then there was these expansion teams, like the Raptors and Grizzlies and whatever. So there was diluted talent. Like, the Kobe's and the AIs, they came up in that era. Yeah. Like, everybody was trying to get, like, their own Jordans, but they played a lot of terrible ISO ball. Like, mm-hmm. Kawhi comes up in a good system with, with um, why am I forgetting the legendary coach's name right now? I can't believe I have a brain fart. Who the coach is for? Oh, Popovich. How could I forget? <laughs> how, could I, how could I do that? I, I still think Popovich is a better coach than Phil Jackson. That's another discussion. Um, he comes up in a great system. He comes up in a different era. And it's, so it's, it's hard to compare because I feel like if Kawhi came up and played in like 2002, I feel like they would make him play like Kobe. Yeah. Because that's the way everybody played. T-Mac played like that. Vince played like that. Pierce, they all played like that. That's the way the game was. And then somewhere in the last five, four or five seasons, the game has changed. Okay. So, it, so it's, it's hard to compare players against different eras. Like when people say the Warriors would beat the old, the old one Lakers, I'm like, which rules are we playing with? Mm-hmm. Because we're playing with like Shaq before they put that three second rule in. <laughs> like that could get real ugly. <laughs> he, would just sit, he would just sit there and just get Katie and Draymond everybody in foul trouble. That would be real ugly. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Definitely. But, uh, is that is that everything we run through it all yeah zach thanks for being on episode 15 much love a lot of knowledge dropped it was just a great organic conversation oh yeah much love i mean invite me back anytime no fun yeah definitely man i look forward to it all right we're logging off yeah we're live now all right one all right yes ladies and gentlemen that wraps up episode 15 of the Seizures Show. I hope you guys enjoyed it and make sure to follow me on all forms of social media at Sir Seizures. That's S-I-R-S-E-E-Z-U-S. Hoping you enjoyed episode 15. Hope it was great for you guys and make sure to subscribe to me not only on SoundClouds, also on iTunes. I'm available on iTunes podcast. So rate a five star, leave a stellar comment. And spread the love and everything. I appreciate you guys and look forward to seeing you and you guys hearing from me next week. I'm out. Getting